0: I wanted to read one last thing to you. It's actually something a good friend had wrote, describing my world. It says, the caterpillar is a prisoner to the streets that conceived it. Its only job is to eat or consume everything around it in order to protect itself from this mad city. While consuming this environment, the caterpillar begins to notice ways to survive. One thing you notice is how much the world shuns him, but praises the butterfly. The butterfly represents the talent, the thoughtfulness and the beauty within the caterpillar. But having a harsh outlook on life, the caterpillar sees the butterfly as weak and figures out a way to pimp it to his own benefits. Already surrounded by this mad city, the caterpillar goes to work on the cocoon, which institutionalizes him. He can no longer see past his own thoughts. He's trapped. By trapped inside these walls, certain ideas take root, such as going home and bringing back new concepts to this mad city. The result? Wings begin to emerge, breaking the cycle of feeling stagnant. Finally, free, the butterfly sheds light on situations that the caterpillar never considered, ending in the internal struggle. Although the butterfly and caterpillar are completely different, they are one and the same. What's your perspective on that? Pop
1: Pop Pop This is Recorded Podcast Another Day Another Podcast What you just heard was the ending of Kendrick Lamar Great album that many didn't understand After Good Kid, Mad City Some did, some didn't But it was the end poem to a great body of work. A body of work I didn't understand really. Um but I feel like it's very important for right now and I even heard that it's streaming again because of everything that's going on in the world. Of course, I'm talking about Black Liberation right now and people really waking up and seeing things that um we haven't seen. Like we always seen peaceful protests. We've seen riots and things like this. But taking the statues down, defunding the police, which means taking their money and putting it in other areas far, like low income, excuse me, <laughs> low income areas and things like that. Um, I know some of you, I know it's hard, you know, to hear about this every day and keep hearing about it. But it's something that's been going on far as the police killing us and just racism it's like right now you can look around and you can see who's not saying nothing who's not supporting and some people because they're not saying nothing it you know it's not necessarily that they don't care about the struggle and they're not doing anything as far as helping black people in this country but it does seem a kind of way but i digress um you are going to have a good podcast today, man. I'm really going to just dig deep into uh, that album and how it helped me. And what helped me, I want to uh, give a big support to. And really, this whole thing really is help from uh, Kyle Kushner. is his name from the Dissect Podcast, uh, which you can find on Spotify and Apple. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else, but that's where I heard it from. And he really broke down this album of 22 different episodes, about 30-minute episodes. But I know most of you ain't going to really listen to that. <laughs> That's a long time. Some of you probably don't even listen to this podcast that long or all the way through. But I appreciate you if you ever did anything for this podcast that helped it, man. I'm going to make this work. Um, but To Pimp a Butterfly is this uh, amazing body of work. And I knew it had messages in it, but I really didn't understand All of it and how deep it went. So, my job here today is hopefully briefly, but it's so deep it might take a while. Um, is to really understand this album and how it can really free you and enlighten you as a black man or black woman and really just help you and anybody that's listening. But I'm talking to my people, black people, right now. Um, man, let's just get started. Once again, I'll keep saying it dissect kyle kushner it was him that really uh did i really appreciate him being in the struggle with us and really helping he's doing some different things and you know he seems like an ally i appreciate that but uh yeah he really went deep into this album to pimp a butterfly he really just Brought a lot of things to light that most people just was listening to it. Because it wasn't like Good Cat Kid, Mad City. It didn't have all those bops and different things. And you just want to party. It was kind of poetic and deep. It had different poems at the end of it. And he's talking to Tupac at the end of it. It was just really deep. A lot of people didn't really like the song I. Because it was the first single. He talks about that in the Dissect podcast. Um, And... They wanted to hear just, you know, rap, like cool rap and over good beats and crazy lyrics over good beats. They didn't want to hear, "Yo, Kendra, get out of here with that poetic shit." They didn't want to hear that. But we needed to hear that, and he was right. I mean, the anthem "We Gonna Be All Right" definitely came from this album.
0: All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life, I. Hard times like ya. Yeah. Bad chips like, yeah, Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie, you fucked up. But if God got us, then we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. We gon' be all right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Huh? We gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be
1: all right. I'm pretty sure you heard that one before. time or two hopefully it excited you make you feel proud it made you happy at some point in your life um but wesley's theory is a song first of all the album comes in with an amazing song that really is black empowerment the beginning of black empowerment it was made by boris gardner and the song is called every nigga is a star and that is n-i-g-g-e-r the racist way of saying it. Yes, you heard it right. But what he was trying to do was take the power out of the word and let you know that even though the white man calls you nigger, you're a star and they can't hide it from you. And what I believe is that they try to hide it from you because they know you're a star. They know you're great. So let's hear how they open it up. Once again, this is all Kyle Kushner. He broke it down for me, so I always want to give him credit. I don't want to plagiarize, but I yeah. want to talk about this album in the dissect podcast from the black perspective because kyle kushner is a white guy and we appreciate that i definitely appreciate that but i also feel like it's bad because you look at vlad tv you look at no jumper if you know those names different things they got black people telling stories and it's usually bad stories but i appreciate kyle kushner for doing it from A positive part, a positive heart, and just really, you know, showing how amazing this album is. And he explains in it that he does not know the experience of a black person, but he's telling you through the lens of Kendrick, and he doesn't use the N word. He says N word. when breaking down lyrics, which is very funny. But let's get into the beginning of the To Pimp a Butterfly album.
0: Star Every nigger is a star every nigger is a star who a mighty am I and every nigga is a star.
1: Now that right there is the beginning of the title track Wesley's Theory, and as I said um, that was a song from the 1970s, I think it was, Dissect Podcast, Kyle Kushner, if you want to clarify that, and it just was basically breaking down that, hey, we still a star, and it was kind of like the beginning and the end of the album because Kendrick was obviously trying to convey uh, convey black beauty, black excellence, black pride, but uh, Wesley's theory kind of opens up about like um, how ignorant we are to a lot of things. Unfortunately, systemic racism, uh, meaning that laws and different practices was put in place that uh, were not for black people. and No, it wasn't for us. It wasn't for the empowerment of us. It wasn't for us to ever break any generational change from slavery. It was to take the chains off of our body and put them onto our mind because we would try to figure out why we can't get land why we can't get loans he talks about um Kyle and the dissect podcast talks about um uh the 40 acres in a mule like you hear that a lot but he says that in the 40 acres in a mule what happened was is that black people after slavery was abolished was promised 40 acres in a mule but uh, they went to court, and some or most blacks did get it. But when they went to court, they had to give it back. And only a select few, like 10% out of probably millions, uh, were able to keep the 40 acres in the mule. And that land and opportunity would have been great for us, uh, for our grandfathers and great-grandfathers, great-great-great-grandfathers, where well, they gave us something to our name. Um But even what our names and our last names, I don't know how many people they don't go too deep on it or start thinking you crazy, they think you talking that back to Africa shit or whatever. When you say like, Man, fuck that last name. That last name my last name Bullock is from a slave owner. Johnson's and Jackson's and all that. These are all from slave owners and a lot of people get rid of that name, you know, like a lot of people in the Nation of Islam and muslim people change their name because that's a slave name and the muslim teaching nation uh, islam teaching teach knowledge itself and when you have knowledge yourself you learn that your last name as a black person it really ain't yours it's probably your slave owners you know it is a slave owners that was given to you nine times out of ten and that i mean most of us won't even know where we come from who we come from anything because it's deeply rooted in slavery and i mean we don't know our history a lot of times i mean we all feel like we come from africa pretty sure we all do all life form was created in africa the first life form so there's your answer right there but we don't know a lot you know people could tell about the great great grandfathers helped did this and did that but we don't know a lot and it's really unfortunate that um a lot of times that we pass down Instead of generational wealth, we pass down generational trauma, the traumas of slavery. We pass down abuse, uh, drugs, and alcohol, and just uh, mental breakdowns. We pass down to the crabs in the barrel mentality. We pull our brothers down from being on the plantations and being like a house nigger. When you can get a house nigger, basically, usually are lighter skinned people, and Kendra gets into complexion. Of black people. And that's going to be amazing. We'll talk about that later on. But he gets into the complexion. And lighter skinned people were usually in the house. And they were usually raped by slave owners. And they would have lighter skinned babies. But they still was considered slaves. They wouldn't claim those kids at all. It's just the lighter skin would be inside the house. And that starts the problem with complexion. And that's why we get the whole light skin versus dark skin issues in our world and in our life is dates back all the way from slavery i mean if you're in the field and you darker skin working all day and somebody is in the house and they lighter skin it kind of gives you an idea that if you're darker skin you can't stand those light-skinned people and then if you're lighter skin you think you better than the dark-skinned people but we all were still slaves at the time but um wesley's theory gets into it, they break it down, dissect podcasts with Kyle Kushner. They break down um, when we get money, you know, we think we own. And Wesley Theory kind of relates back to Wesley Snipes. You escape poverty and crime and things you may have done in the street and you become a successful rapper or a ball player, but you're not financially literate. And it's really true for a lot of boxers and basketball players because they really, really young and they don't know what to do with their money. They think I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna buy that, I'm gonna, uh, you know, do, you, um, buy all my homeboys this, and then before you know it, um, you have tax issues because you don't know nothing about that. You know, for the people that work nine to five, shout out to B Simone. <laughs> uh, everybody that really has to work nine to fives to pay for their bills um you know that the tax is already taken out but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna learn in the future when this podcast takes over this is a recorded podcast please help please uh donate if you want to <laughs> do anything to get this podcast out there but really word of mouth helps it a lot um but i'm pretty sure in the business world when you own your own businesses and you're getting checks or your nba player things like that they don't take out taxes so you don't know that so you just like spending money spending money spending money and you go years and years without paying taxes and then before you know it uh you spent your money on dumb shit and then uh when the tax man comes you know they break down tax man in this album and when he comes and gets you you think you escaped all of that just to go to jail for tax evasion and what happened, that's what happened to Wesley Snipes. He was in blade and a lot of black movies and different things in the nineties. He made a lot of money, but he didn't pay his taxes. So he ended up going to jail for three years. It's like Wesley's theories is basically that even when we get money, we don't know really what to do with it. You know, that, uh, the wealth is not for us. It's, it's just to mentally keep us enslaved and keep us just fucked up, really, honestly. But uh, after that, you know, I'm only gonna hit on the few songs that stood out to me. I'm not gonna hit out everything, but then we got King Coots. I know y'all know that one. I got a bone up here. I don't want you monkey my motherfucker sitting in my throne again. Hey, hey, nigga,
0: what's nigga? Come back to the hood, nigga? I'm mad, but I ain't stressing. True friends. One question. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. Kunta, black man taking no loss. Oh yeah. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs
1: off. So now in King Kunta, it shows that Kendrick is talking about, bitch, where you and I was walking when I ain't have shit. When I was telling you I'm rap. When niggas probably told me you was trash, when niggas don't make it, everybody fucking rapping the hood, all that shit, it's like he's mad. He's angry. He's like came back to the hood to show off. Like, nigga, I got a record deal now. I'm on. I'm popping. He's throwing it in niggas' faces. Like, he feel like this is what you're supposed to do. But uh, Cole Kushner, um, this, is my, this is the dude's name, Cole Kushner from the Dissect Podcast, is basically saying, like, this is instincts that you feel when you're on. You feel like, I'm about to go back to the hood. I'm about to let niggas know, like, I'm on, like, fuck is you talking about. But that don't really make you happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of is just the institutionalized mentality that you have is that's just first reaction when you go back. Like, you should go back to enlighten and empower, but he's, like, got a chip on his shoulder, and he's showing everybody where the fuck was you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now I'm on, you know, now I run the game, got the whole world talking King Kunta. He's saying he's a king, but still using Kunta Kente's name. If you know Roots, Kunta Kente, made-up slave they cut his legs off because he used to run away, but he lightened himself. I'm saying his name was Kunta and not Toby's from Africa. Very powerful movie I've never seen still to this day. I know, right? Crazy, but... But my point being, a lot of us are still institutionalized.
0: What money got to do with it? When I don't know the full definition of a rap image. I'm trapped inside the ghetto and I ain't proud to admit it. Institutional lies. I keep running back for a visit. Hold up. Get it back. I said I'm trapped inside the ghetto and I ain't proud to admit it. Institutional lies. I can still kill me a nigga. So what? If I was the present dead, I pay my mom with red. Free my old bees and milk. Would it prove my chevy doors in the White house and yeah? Whoever thought Master, take the chains off me.
1: That was Kendrick talking about um being institutionalized like you know like a product of his environment and not knowing what to do in a different situation different surroundings he just was like yo like you know like if i was the president i'll pay my mama rent i'll do all these things like these things you think about presidents i mean mm, we don't have a fucking president right now or representation but i digress but you think, like, yo, like, if you was take the average person from the hood and give them a high-ranking position, such as the president, like, he was like, i pay my r- mama rent, i buy, like, a Chevy, i free all my niggas, you know, i smoke weed in the White House, do all these things. It's like, we wouldn't even know where to start. And I think it was a bigger metaphor for him, like, as a rapper, in the Dissect podcast talks about, too, like, it's like he don't really know what to do and it's like even if he was the president tomorrow he's like institutionalized meaning he's stuck in his old neighborhood his old ways his ways of thinking that he could still kill a nigga like i could have this high-ranking thing i could become a celebrity i could get money i could move out the hood but i'm still that nigga don't ever get it fucked up because i'm institutionalized in my mind and a lot of us black people are institutionalized like we don't know any better like I know for me, like when me and my wife got better jobs and stuff like that, it's like we were so used to being so broke. It was like going to the gas station was like, yo, shit, like uh, once this shit hit like $20, I'm stopping it. Uh, you know, like, well, we can't really go here. We can't really go there. Like spending money on a flight and different things like we haven't got on a flight. We've been together. Since two thousand seven, we never got on a flight until two thousand sixteen. Like, I mean, we never did certain things. We didn't have the money. We tried to travel and do what we did. And honestly, those were some of the happiest times of our lives when we didn't have much but we had each other. And I think that's most of us in the hood. Like we feel the best when we have less. We make the best of nothing. That's why like with Corona and all kinda shit. It's like black people, we've been conditioned because, I mean, we were brought here and this country wasn't for us. I would argue it's still not. But, I mean, we always made the best of our situation. But, like, a lot of us are institutionalized. And for him, he's basically saying, like, master, take the chains off me. Like, I'm my the chains are on our brain. Like, I really feel like that they knew slavery couldn't hold up. Things were changing. People were revolting. They had a civil war. But they say, okay, y'all want to be free? Y'all wouldn't even know where to start. Y'all can't read. Most of y'all can't write. Y'all don't know how to balance money. A lot of us still don't, including me, like in some ways now today. So they was like, okay, we let you off. I mean, yeah, y'all free, but what y'all going to do now? And that shows you that it's for a long, long time that I mean, for black people, it's like it wasn't for us. It wasn't set up for us to win, even though I truly believe that. I mean, from seeing the Sphinx statues in the Louvre Museum in Paris, even though I know they stole those from Africa and knowing that all life form starts in Africa, I believe that black people are kings and queens and just great and to know that they really knocked the nose off and things like that, I know that we have greatness. And there's got to be a reason that all races have uh, looked down on black people or feel like we're less than or dangerous or black. If you look up the definition, it's a real ugly definition, but it's got to be a reason that we always rise and come up above everything, all the bad things, slavery poverty the ghetto everything we raise up from those but we are still institutionalized that you know i'll kill my brother right now you step on, home you look at me funny we from these hoods that we don't own we do all this we institutionalize and like you know that ending part you know master take the chains off me it's kind of like we have to mentally really mentally free ourselves man we have to we have to free ourselves mentally, um, and we have to free our brothers and sisters and help them and guide them and not really put them down. We always got to hold them accountable. We always got to tell somebody when they wrong, but, like, the dragging and the canceling that we do on social media, like, I love the fun and games, and everybody's going to get these jokes. Nobody's immune to that. But um, you look at a song like... uh. Uh, these walls right uh, it's a really i knew that was a bop and i kind of understood what was going on and listened to the album i like the beats i like the whole vibe i like the party i like to listen to stuff out and about and i was like okay these walls is gonna be like a bop man like everybody gonna like it i would encourage you to watch um his performance of these walls on the ellen show it was pretty amazing because he was rapping and his family his mother and father originally from Chicago, I think it is. I know one of them are, if not both. But uh, while he's rapping the song These Walls, somebody's drawing a painting and somebody's a couple is stepping in the name of love, which is amazing. Black people, we are amazing. Um, and it was a really good performance. Once again, that's uh, These Walls Ellen performance from Kendrick Lamar. Go check that out. But um it talks about and is very relevant right now because um uh there was um in the song he talks about, you know, him using a girl. There's a song that uh kinda goes on from another song that he had on Good Kid Mad City, um, from the Skits in Good Kid Mad City, which the dissect podcast goes back into Uh, It talks about a situation of, like, Kendrick get jumped, so he tells homies, and he's like, all right, we're going to ride on the niggas tonight. So they go back, they shoot at uh, the people that jumped him, and then those people shoot back, and one of Kendrick's friends get killed. So from that situation, uh, Kendrick still wants, but that guy gets locked up, That's shot his friend, uh, he's serving life stuff like that but the dude has a girl and the girl is you know mourning and you know she has a kid and that kid is gonna grow up with a father it's gonna be the same old bullshit that happened in the hood every day and it's just like you know it talks about his greed and his like He wants to be good and he wants to be all of this, but he still has these feelings of revenge and he's going to get revenge. So he goes to have sex with the girl. So these walls can be referred as vagina uh, or pussy, if you call it that. Um, And he talks about like in these walls, like her walls, and then he also in the end talks about his walls and his reality that, you know, your baby mom's is fucking on a famous rapper.
0: If your walls can talk, they tell you it's too late. Your destiny accepted your fate. Your behavior sent me to board like a killer that turned snitch. Is so important. Walls telling you to listen to sing about me. Retaliation is strong, you even dream about me. Kill my homeboy and God spread your life. Dumb criminal got indicted, same night. So when you play the song, rewind the first verse. About me abusing my power so you could hurt. About me and her in the shower whenever she's on it. About me her in the after hours of the morning. About her baby daddy currently serving life. And how she think about you until we meet up at night. About the only girl who cared about you when you asked her. And how she fucking on a famous rapper. Walls can talk.
1: Now, I played the last verse um, to show you how he did everything for revenge. But um, the bigger point I wanted to take away from this, too, was that um, black women, man, for real. It just seems like, to me, um, we misuse a lot of our black women. We hurt our black women. We put them down. And some people, it's any woman but specifically black women especially darker skinned black women they get treated bad they get treated poorly they get talked down to they get compared to as less than we all look for the light-skinned girl or this or that and i mean it like the quarantine and everything that's going on in the world right now 2020 it really showed me how much um of things we can't hide behind or hide from that we need to come face to face with and one of the things for me um is that black women men have always and when i say always uh i got on to into nina simone um when she was making a song like blood on the leaves uh or Sh- strange fruit uh, it was from kanye west I was wondering where he got that sample from, and it, uh, for Blood on the Leaves, but it's from a song, Strange Fruit, from Nina Simone. And the strange fruit hanging from the trees was lynching. Lynching that we seeing now, lynching, uh, right now, we seeing it, man. Rest in peace to all the people that we're seeing, and everything is getting reported as. You know, oh, they did it. They, black people don't do shit like that, they, especially not from no tree, given the historical context of black people hanging from trees. But what I was trying to say is that women have always, 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 always stuck up and spoke up and put themselves out there. I think women, especially black women, are some of the greatest people, creations on earth i think that's why they have their responsibility of bearing children of to raise them and help them throughout history the man has been in the forefront and the king and the woman is supposed to be less than and not spoken to but if you don't think every king took advice from his queen or that most of the ideas and greatness was from a woman there's a reason that woman is responsible for life they bring life into this world we just go around we could plant our seed wherever but far as dealing with the pain and dealing with months nine months of bearing a child and possibly losing their life like i don't think people really understand people just go around fucking and have a baby and care about them don't care about them whatever but the woman has to deal with all of that and the woman is always looked at to be so strong and it's hard to be strong and my bigger point when I was getting to, man, it really hit me hard with this situation. I don't want to uh, ruin the lady's name, young lady's name that passed away recently, man. But I know she goes by toying, and I don't want to ruin her name. Hopefully you heard this story, but she was a young girl, activist, really out here, front line something i'm not doing i'm not pushing the front line she's in most young people and most women black women are pushing these front lines fighting for us fighting for me while i sit comfortable you know in my home they're fighting for me and we need to fight for them because she lost her life from a black man but from a man nonetheless she lost her life fighting for us she was sexually assaulted it's so many women that get sexually assaulted and they don't want to come forward because nobody will believe them or it's embarrassing and they either take their life or they lose their life over just craziness and for her you know it was a strange story that i really feel like you need to take the time out and go into it and really understand also i wanted to get the names Robert Fuller, I used to live in Lancaster, California, is right next to Palmdale. He was found in Palmdale, claimed a suicide hanging from a tree. But also another name we have is Malcolm Harsh. We're going to bring awareness, you know, and, and for me, with a lot of these stories and every time I open up my phone right now, man, it's trauma. It's very hurtful. I'm a, a very loving soft person that cares for everybody and i care for my people i care for black people and i think everybody everybody that is on the front lines pushing shout out to my boy uh marco man from cam kirk studio uh man shout out to Ryder. shout out to uh man uh kasha High, man shout out to everybody and Shout out to people behind the scenes doing their thing. Shout out to people that's maybe quiet and doing things behind the scene. But for me, man, with the toying situation that I want you to get familiar on, hopefully you know. But it's just it just really makes me feel like um we really need to step up to the plate, black men and we really need to protect our black women. We really need to fight for them how they fight for us. And it's time that, hey, man, if you have casual sex, you do whatever you do. If you tell somebody from the rip, like, hey, this is what it is, if they cool with that, that's fine. But I find that hard to do. I've never been that kind of person. But I'm also a believer that everybody does their own thing. And if people are into that, they're into that. But I think just growing with a woman and just, like, growing to another level with them is just something special. That's something I do. I'm very thankful for my wife. She's stronger than me i mean she really is like the mental stress she goes through to keep on pushing is amazing and like for the young lady toy rest in peace and to robert fuller everybody that we losing people that we don't know these are stories that we do know it's a lot of stories we don't know but we really have to it really hit me hard and then you know these walls is kind of like you know him saying like you know we use women for our tools and revenge against somebody else and things like that but that's got to stop we really got to put it into that we really got to just like hey like i said if people out there you have casual sex whatever like hey if she cool with that you cool with that that's cool but just you know using people up and shit like that it's like nah man we passed that we on some grown man grown woman shit if that's what you want to do y'all want to do y'all thing that's cool but like all that using black women and just hurting them and getting their hopes up for nothing that creates a generation of hurt and they pass on to the next generation and we have a lot of generations of hurt in the black community already let's pass down generations of wealth prosperity knowledge and love let's pass down those things man because money isn't everything If I hit you up and I say, hey, how you doing, man? Shout out to Little Duke, you know, and the people in my life that just hit me, text me, Mr. Richard, people, you know, you know, just hit me up, man. And just in my life it's we could change that. We could change things that's going on. we could change the generational curses that are put upon us because black people, we are great. We are beautiful people. We are like, man, we overcome so many things so many things and that's why this album really hit me you know really in the soul because it's really an album of just like falling get back up trying we'll dig deep more deep into that but i really you know that was really on my mind and on my spirit man black women man rest in peace to that young lady i'm toying and you know we really gotta help our black women we gotta help ourselves as a a people and as a culture but black women man we have to it's okay to realize we fucked up man also how you feel about gay or trans or whatever the way i feel personally is that whatever makes you happy hey i'm cool with it and you don't deserve to lose your life over some bullshit because somebody hates you with the trans women that are being killed all of that man Who are we to judge If whatever somebody else is doing Truly makes them happy I ask you Who the fuck are we to judge It's many things in our lives That people can judge Why would we judge others On who they choose to love And how they choose to be If they're not hurting anybody Whether your religion Permits you from liking that or whatever As a human being Nobody deserves to lose their life over what sexual preference or how they like to live or look. That's bullshit from anybody that believes that. Somebody should lose their life on how they choose to live their life sexually. is bullshit. And that's just my stance on it and I stick to it. I believe in whatever makes you truly happy. Now, I also believe it's a lot of bullshit that people do to try to act like they happy like oh i got three girlfriends and we're all cool with it and different things some of those can be taken as bullshit but also to me maybe it's not maybe it works out but to me what i try to do best in my life is not judge what the fuck makes somebody else happy i don't know whatever makes you happy do it but you have to live with you so you can't bullshit you so you need to know does this really make me happy or am i convincing myself that this makes me happy and you can go from there but i'm sorry i took a long out my break for this but black women man it's a must it's just really a must it's mando man it's mando that we have to do that you know we have to we have to man so we're gonna get into one of my favorite songs, man and kendrick Return back home, Mama, Mother Africa, his mom, our mom. We're gonna get into this.
0: Oh, shit. I need that. I need- I would say it got me a pack, but what's better than that? The fact it brought me back home. we been waiting for you, waiting for you, waiting for you,
1: waiting for you. In that song, uh Mama, the title song, um, I think Mama can be interpreted as Mom, returning home to Mom, and also Mother Africa. I mean, this song. Kind of goes along with the story and Kendrick finding himself and the ups and downs, highs and lows. And this song Mama talks about specifically returning to Africa. And on that trip to Africa, he meets a little boy that he says resembles his features, hand-me-down sneakers, BDBs, run through the crowd. You know, stuff like that. Just really reminded him... Of The little boy reminded Kendrick of himself. But also, when the little boy started talking to him, he said, you know, he spoke with uh, Zulu tongue or something like that, a different kind of language. But he said, like, because you remember me and we're talking now, you do know my language. And if you listen, I could tell you and I could show you the way, but it's only up to you. But what he's saying is, is that africa is home to the black person africa is the origin of earth and of the world of people and man of everything africa is but specifically for the black man and woman africa is home mother africa this song titled mama i think he talks about his mom i'm not sure also refer back to that dissect podcast um but i think um Going to Africa is a must. Um, I know Muslims take a pilgrimage to um, uh, Mecca. And I know they walk around a certain symbol. It's like a square block. um, And they circle around it. And I think they pray. And it's like a must as a Muslim. I mean, I'm not sure if everybody is able to make that trip. But that is a thing. Where you go back and, you know, it's a big part, but I feel like as black people, we all need to take that pilgrimage back to Africa to try to get the connection. I heard some people even going and feeling like they've been there before, which is like spiritual and amazing to me. Um, And I think it's really important. And I also feel like, you know, for most of the black men who had a decent mom and their moms in their life um mama mama is the comfort Africa can be the comfort mama is where you you take your worry you take your cries you take your hurt um I remember because uh, I've been all over you know I move with one parent to move with the next parent until it stopped and I just lived in California but I remember specifically um when my grandmother died um Grandma Faye, Nene, is what I called her, and she called me Nene, rest in peace. Um, That I was living with my dad at the time, and my mom, we were living in New Jersey, and the funeral was in New York, and then my mom lived in Virginia. And all I wanted was to be held, you know, no, actually, I'm sorry, we was living in California, so we flew back you know, I had a stepmom and everything, but I knew all I wanted was the comfort of my mom at the time. I really just wanted to be in her arms. I remember crying in her arms, but in the midst of me crying, it felt like everything was okay cuz I was I was it was mama. I was in my mom's arm and I think going to Africa and definitely going to Nelson Mandela's um, you know, cell and understanding You know, his fight and how long he was there, you know, please, um, Cole Kushner, dissect podcast to Pimper Butterfly. Please, I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed to just check that out. But I I think it's important, you know, that, you know, we go to Africa and we feel it and we see it. We could see the slave ports. We could possibly see all of that stuff. Black history, we got to learn our own history because it's not taught to us. And it will never be taught to us. But um, I also feel like it ain't too much as uh, far as whole countries and places that black people own. You know, a lot of places are colonized. I remember my brother being in the military, and he was in Africa, and, you know, he's saying the different, you know, languages, or, you know, if you speak French, if you speak this, that is who you were colonized by in africa that's like who they usually you know speak from and please uh uh respectfully uh, correct me if i'm wrong but to me what i'm getting at it just doesn't seem like a lot of places that black people it was truly for us by us like where we could return and go home like africa is home but if it's taken over by somebody else or not properly ran you know the way by us, really by black people without no political agendas and nothing like that, just really on some peaceful stuff. I mean, it ain't really nowhere for us to go. And I remember having a conversation with my mom about this, um, to pimper Butterfly and everything. And, you know, I really think returning back home and returning back Africa, it can be in our mind. You know, we have to reach this happy place our mind is a very very rough place a very hard place to deal with a lot it, it has the ability to hold us up and break us down but we need to return back home to Africa and we need to return back to love and we need to return back to peace and just overall happiness in our mind we have to free ourselves we have to return back home in our mind Okay, we're almost at the finish line. Really appreciate y'all rocking with me if y'all still here. Um, please tell a friend to tell a friend this is a recorded podcast. We're definitely going to do more, but um, this one right here is one of my favorite songs that I did. Um, I mean, I have a couple of favorite songs, but this is the one that I did really understand how much a dollar really costs or how much does a dollar cost. Um, because it's a simple story of that i didn't know but thanks to cole kushner and the dissect podcast the Pim- butterfly i learned that kendrick you know he was in africa and mama but he's still in africa and you know he's at a gas station and he's trying to get gas and what he sees is a bum what we would call in america and most places like a bum like begging for money and accent and he's looking like bro like i see this all the time it ain't no different in africa like nah bro you good like you ain't about to get none of my money you just gonna drink it up you're gonna do whatever and like he keeps talking about the story like the dude keep looking at him and he's talking to him and we'll get into it shortly but throughout this uh you know whole ordeal he's just looking at him and the guy's looking at the homeless man's looking at him too and it really is making Kendrick uncomfortable, even angry. Like, yo, like, man, I'm from Compton. Like, I, this ain't nothing new. So it's bothering him. And then they have an exchange that I'll play for you shortly. And, like, throughout that exchange, Kendrick's like, nah, you ain't getting nothing from me. Like, never. Like, get out of here. But in this exchange, Kendrick realized that this person is disguised as God. So, yes, really deep. But so that kind of puts you in the mindset of, it's like, yo, um, wow, like, God is all around us. Like, whether, you know, you believe in God or religion or anything, but for me, I believe God is all around us. And I believe that, you know, um, God is within us and God is all around us. I feel like nothing that we encounter is by chance or change and i just feel like god is just all around us and even in that homeless man god was there and he asked you for a dollar a simple dollar i mean it was the african currency but it was a simple dollar and that's it nothing more nothing less you know they have an exchange and he just says you know that's why you get the name how much does a dollar really cost and in the end you'll see it says your price in heaven that's what it costs you you know so it's like I think it's a biggest story of empathy, of like, you know, hey, we don't know what a person's been through in their life. And that's how I like to look at it. We don't know what a person's been through, or what they're currently going through. They ask you for a dollar, you got it, you give it. That's it. And, I mean, obviously this bothers him because he see it all the time. But, you know, you just, hey, just give it if you got it. And, like I said, I think it's a biggest story of empathy. Of like, you know, God could be anything. A little kid can tell you something that'll free you. You know, an older person can tell you something free you. And yourself can one day have an epiphany and free yourself. And I just think that's, you know, the bigger idea in this song. And that's why I really love this one. So it's just basically love your brother, love your sister. Don't judge, really. Because we never know what nobody's going through. And we have to really figure out how much does a dollar really cost. And I'm insensitive and I lack empathy.
0: He looked at me and said, your potential was bittersweet. I looked at him and said, every nickel is mine to keep. He looked at me and said, know the truth, it'll set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth. And I tell you just how much a dollar cost. The price of happiness bought in heaven, embrace your loss.
1: I am God. I washed my hands, I said, my grace, what more do you want from me? Tears of a cloud, guess I'm not all what it's meant to be. Shades of gray will never change if I condone. Turn this page, help me change, to so write my wrong. Very deep song we need to end please stay with me come on this is gonna free you believe me trust in me man um next song i want to get into as we wrapping up um complexion um complexion is a beautiful beautiful song like complexion don't really mean a thing you know i mean we really have this thing about light skin dark skin black girls you know and the lighter skin is better and even for a lot of people it's like having a white girl is better because it's like it's something that we couldn't have so people yearn for things naturally that they can't have or tell them not to have so uh, complexion you know it just tells you about man loving your skin and let's not put ourselves against each other between light and dark even though we got to keep it 100 that the dark skin people are treated badly and unfairly and looked at as not as pretty and you know hey on this one i'm a saint uh because uh i remember you know i mean of course by the tv screen all you're gonna be showed is lighter skin and stuff like that but i can vividly remember i just never was into a complexion a certain complexion like it didn't really matter to me whether you were dark or if you was light I really try to focus on like the person you know I never really was big on like nah I only got to date light like girls I only got to date white girls I only got to date like I was open to whatever you know I was naturally attracted to you know black women because or girls at the time because I've been with my wife since I was 19 so girls at the time, you know, because it's like, hey, I mean, y'all could relate to me, you know, we come from the same background, listen to the same music, same songs, but I always kept an open mind, but preferably for me, it's been like mainly black women, but I never was like, oh, I'm not gonna mess with anything else, but the song Complexion, it basically, you know, he had a really deep bar, it was like, they cover your ears, cause master coming. He gonna talk about complexion, and what he's saying is on the plantations and things like that. Um, they of course put the lighter skinned people that were probably raped by the slave owner, and but still a slave, and looked at as less than. Um, they put them in the house and around the house to help out, but the darker skin is outside in the fields. Is hide and they getting treated badly, beat on things like that. So naturally. I mean that's the deep deep meaning of like the dark versus light battle and we still have it to this day unfortunately and obviously it was created on plantations and things like that because I mean the darker skin was looked at as less than the lighter skin was looked at closer to white so it was closer to right to some people but I think we really should kill that and you should really love who you love but you know um I have family that says you know hey you're that you know it's a female that get told hey you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl or something like that and that's bullshit she should be pretty because she's pretty not just because she's a dark-skinned girl you know and you know it's real hurtful things and I mean some people might treat lighter women badly because of some bad experience they have with light-skinned people or whatever and that's not right either, but I know for sure that dark-skinned people get treated harder, and they looked at as not as pretty, and when little girls get dolls, they want the lighter ones or the white ones, but I think it's a, a beauty and an importance of letting your kids know that you're pretty how you are. You're beautiful how you are, and you should love things that look like you. You should love all things, but definitely stuff that looks like you, especially if you're a dark-skinned. You're still beautiful You're still amazing You're intelligent And you'll be As good as be- Or better Than the next person With a different complexion So let's play a little bit man This is a good groove man Complexion I'm with this Complexion Two stash Complexion Complexion don't mean a thing This is solo live Ooh, Complexion Two uh.
0: Dark is the midnight hour her bright as the morning sun Give a fuck about your complexion I know what the Germans is done Sneak Sneak me through the back window I'm a good filled nigga I made a flower for you Out of cotton just to chill with you You know I go the distance You know I'm ten toes down Even if massa listening Cover your ears He about to mention Complexion
1: Yes sir, and we back man, that's a good one I know you got a little groove, wherever you was at You got a little two-step on, you know Um, but uh once again, as we wrapping up, um, hey, uh, I just want to talk about, uh, you know, a lot of black people, man, it's like we get caught up on, you know, I want to be a gangster. I want to be this. I want to be that. Like when I was younger, you know, like moving and being a teenager in California, like gangbanging is amazing. It's cool. It's awesome. It's like brotherhood. It's like we beating up people. We doing all this. Like, We partying, we dancing. It's a bunch of us. It's dangerous. It's cool. Like, I think most young black men are attracted to some wild, crazy shit. You know, and gangs are, uh, of course, one of those. And they're around. And you can live in a nice neighborhood, and you try to make up a little gang or whatever the fuck. But you know, I think that's just like you know a thing. And but being yourself is the biggest thing, man. And you know, Kenji got a song on here. You ain't got a lot of kick it, man. It's just like, you know, be yourself, man. Like, you know, be a a, a proud black man, but be yourself. You in the anime, karate, robotics, anything that would be deemed weird. Who gives a fuck? Be yourself. And people may dig it because the most gangsters dude that you know would probably be into some really you know nerdy stuff or different stuff or want to learn from you and think you're cool so you really got to be yourself man you ain't got a lot of kicking asking where the hoes at to impress me
0: asking where the money bags to impress me say you got the burning stash to impress me it's all in your head home Exa where the plug get to impress me. Exa where the jug get to impress me. Exa where a set only upsets me. You sound like the on me. You ain't got a lie to kick in my neck. You ain't got a lie. You ain't got a lie. You ain't got a lie to kick in my neck. You ain't got to try, sir. You ain't got a lie to kick in my neck. You ain't got a lie. You ain't got a lie.
1: You ain't got a lie to kick in my neck. You ain't got to try yes sir and we back we ain't got a lot of kicking man be yourself man um part of being yourself is knowing yourself is loving yourself and um you know this song i you know i love myself um it was it was a song that kendrick did and it was the single for to pimp a butterfly and coming off a good kid mad city it's like yo like what the fuck is this like a lot of people didn't really get it they wanted to hear the crazy beats and just super lyrical kendrick they didn't want to hear this weird funkish old school talking about i love myself but it's very important that a lot of us tell ourselves that because a lot of us don't and you know to be honest we can't really love nobody until we love ourselves. And that's so cliche, but it's so true. Like we could be in whole marriages and whole relationships and have children and uh, be at work or own businesses and things like that. And could seem so happy, but we're not. And we really don't love ourselves. There's somebody in the mansion right now with the greatest view, lots of money, everything going on. And you could be happier than them in their situation as crazy as you may think that is that's very true they wish they could go back to a simpler time but the money and the fame and everything brought out a lot of insecurities and it also didn't make them happy unfortunately that's why a lot of people kill themselves when they become celebrities because they feel like money was going to change these things but it didn't you know and throughout this album you know Kendrick talks about the transformation and money hopefully changing him but it didn't really do anything it just made it worse and you know he didn't grow and he wanted he wasn't educated he was institutionalized he didn't really know what to do with his money and you know he's fighting a a losing battle you know but this album is an album of like perseverance and you know striving to be great um, but not perfect to be great but not perfect to just do better Then the next day or the day before or two days later, even, because I think this album also just proves that, you know, you're human. And just when you think like today, I'm going to do this and I'm going to stop and it's going to be great forever. Kudos to the people that could really do that, because in the real world. You really a lot of people don't do that. Um, I remember watching the R. Kelly doc, and it was saying that an abused person. Uh, quote unquote, leave their abuser eight times before they really leave. So even in bad situations, if you think about, and many times it's like, all right, this the day I'm gonna quit, and then you work out or you do whatever you wanted to do for the next week or month or something, and then you fall back. And I think this album is just a big uh transformation and a great um metaphor for how life is it's a lot of ups and downs and when we think we got it figured out we really don't have shit figured out you know we it's, it's hard and we need the village we need mama we need love we need to be like well right we need to be proud of our skin tone our color we need to not lie to kick it we need to just be great man but we really need to love ourselves i done been through a whole lot. Tried tribulation,
0: but I know God. The devil want to put me in a bow tie. Played that the holy water, don't go try. Yeah, yeah. As I look around me. So many motherfuckers want to down me. But gonna never drown me. In front of a dirty double me they found me. And I love myself. I uh, wonder looking at me. Yeah. Uh, tell me what you see. I love myself. I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head. And i bullet. Oh, to. I love myself. Uh, illuminated by the hand of God. Boy, don't seem shy. I love
1: myself. One day, it'll And to truly elaborate on that, man, is that, like, as black men, as black people, man, I don't even know, you know, when the last time you told a black man you love him, when the last time you told a black woman you love him, anybody, I mean, for black men, especially to another black man it feels, like, weak or, you know, gay, oh, that's gay, or, like, that's weird, but it's like, I mean a lot of us black men are hurting man a lot of black women are hurting like but i think to hear that from another man we need to normalize that man i try to tell my nephews my brother you know my dad whoever like a man i love him man it's easy to tell a woman that a black woman your mom your girl whatever like it's just a passing thing but it's difficult and uncomfortable to tell a black man you love him so hey man if you listen to this so the black man you love him man whether through text i prefer in person or over the phone but i'm sure it'll make their day man but as we wrap up i really thank you man for listening to this podcast this is recorded it will be something major please believe me i'm gonna keep working we keep grinding and i really love podcasts man podcast changed my life it gave me a whole new perspective on a lot of things man I listen to Brilliant Idiots, Charlemagne, Jesus and Mero. Um, Sometimes I listen to Joe Rogan just to stay mindful and see a different opinion of stuff and depending on the guests. Uh, my favorite is Joe Budden podcast right now. It's just got comedy, realism, life, learning. It kind of got the whole thing, man. My boys, it's the real the greatest man the realest in the game man their name fits i met them on multiple occasions i could text them right now they'll text me back they're really good people please listen to a waste of time with it's the real man um great people say less podcast with a uh, real life cast Jalen and jacoby shout out Jalen rose man um Jalen versus jacoby i think is the name of the podcast Listen to bill simmons um expeditiously you know i really wasn't really feeling the new ti like a revolutionary ti kind of felt forced a little bit weird but he actually has a good podcast i just started listening to it but it's been around for a minute now um earn your leisure good great follow on instagram i mean they have some enlightening stuff if you know me i put a lot of their quotes up man um that's about business and money in the black community and building wealth and you know podcasts are just a great forum to get your thoughts out um and really just sit in front of a microphone and just get some things out and to teach people and free them and learn and it's just different it's not all dressed up it's not perfect most of them don't do a bunch of editing i mean i think they do sounds and stuff like i'm doing now to keep you interested but Podcast is just raw and beautiful, man. Um, please subscribe to this is recorded. If you uh, need any other podcast you want to listen to, hit me in the DM. I could try to refer you to some man. If you just see your everyday life cleaning up at work, whatever, man, you should really get into it, man. But um the last track um is Mortal Man. Um Mortal Man is amazing because it's stating that you know, I made this super deep album, which is called To Pimp a Butterfly, that most of you won't understand. The crazy story is that Kendrick actually, you know, hit Jay-Z up and was like, yo, I'm thinking about making this album, but coming off a of good Kid Mad City and the raps and the beats and everything, I don't know if people really going to be feeling it. It's going to be deep. It's going to be different. He had a whole nother album planned but after he went to Africa, he scrapped it, you know, um cole kushner said that it's so funny because if you listen in this far i'll be calling him kyle kushner but it's cole kushner from the dissect podcast <laughs> shout out to him man but um you know he says that kendrick you know after he went to africa he changed the whole concept of this album it probably was called something different everything um and you know the album is centered around Tupac. It has all these poems. Please listen to the album first. Then listen to Dissect Man and really get into it. Because I couldn't hit on everything because I know people' attention spans aren't that long. And if you made it this far, you have a good attention span. So you really fuck with me and I really thank you. Because we're hour in. I mean, we wrapping up for real this time. Um, but Mortal Man is a story of when shit goes wrong, are you really going to fuck with me? Are you really going to be there? You know, if they playing drugs in my car and, you know, now I'm supposedly Kendrick the drug dealer, even though I'm rich and famous, or I'm Kendrick the crackhead, even though I'm rich and famous, is everything, you know, I worked so hard for in this fan base and your ear to get, is that, you know, going to go down because of one thing? And I think he was ahead of cancel culture. I don't know. This was in 2015, so I don't know if cancel culture was heavy at the time. But he was ahead of it if it wasn't. And it just was like, yo, like, when shit hit the fan, are you still a fan? Are you really going to be there? They canceled Michael Jackson. They, uh, you know, killed Huey P. Newton. Um, They killed Malcolm X. I mean, you know, when shit goes wrong. Would you talk to me like a brother? Would you disagree with me in private? Can we have a conversation about it? Or would you kill me? Or would you get rid of me and say everything I've ever said up to that point is bullshit. When shit is the fan, are you really fan? And, you know, that is just like, it's it, man. You know, and I'm just going to leave, you know, out with that. I'm going to leave some of his poem, man. Leave some of the great parts, but... Man, I really thank you for listening, man. I I just think I wanted to uh, provide a a black perspective on, um, you know, to Pimp a Butterfly. Because, you know, it's unfortunate to me that, you know, um, you see like, oh, well, we don't see everything. But, of course, we see on, you know, TV and infomercials like, oh, you can feed a kid in Africa and this and that, you know. And it's mainly white people that are doing it. It's never really us. It's never really black people. People that look like you, they never show it, of, of course, because I'm sure it is, that go back and do these things and make great works and stuff like that, and even down to breaking down this album. If you look at Vlad TV. You look at you know, Complex, the company. You look at all these things. You, know, you look at uh, Adam 22, No Jumper. You look at all this shit. And it's usually white people, you know, I really salute Cole Kushner for making something positive for black people. You know, even at the end, he said he has no critiques of the album because he thinks critiques is kind of bullshit and people finding a reason why they don't like something, just trying to be different. But he didn't really have no critiques. He just was like, this is amazing work of art. And he didn't see nothing really wrong with it. It was honest. It was brutally honest. And it was Kendrick bearing his heart and soul with ups, downs, highs and lows, depression, happiness, arrogance, you know, every emotion, really. And it's just I think what this really proved was um, Kendrick saying that he's imperfect and he's constantly on a day to day grind of trying to reach a goal, a purpose, a uh, feeling of nirvana of that like he's made it and that he's a whole person that he's not a fake he's not a phony that he won't kill you know another black man but he knows that he falls short and i think this dissect podcast and this album really freed me to know that i'm on this journey daily like i think like i'm a good husband i'm this i'm that but i fall short in a lot of ways man i i I fuck up, I could feel depressed, I could feel like I don't want to do nothing, I don't want to work out, I don't want to spend money wisely and things like that, even though I think I'm a pretty good person, that it's like I fall short, man, I think we all fall short, and I think that's what this album was trying to tell us, is that it's okay, you know, and Mortal Man kind of ends it, man, like, hey, you know, when the shit hit the fan, like, look at me as Reggie, man, look at me as a guy you know like we have this cancel culture It's like yo it's like if you did one thing wrong ever i'm gonna fucking get you out of here you'll never have another fan i don't give a fuck if you killed yourself because what you did at that time was so bad that we are all on social media mainly gonna come together and tear you the fuck apart and get you out of here you're going to be canceled like a show gets canceled your livelihood is going to be canceled so all the people that depend on you, all of that can be thrown away from a tweet, a comment, anything. So Kendrick's asks, when shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? And I mean, I don't think nobody in the sound of my voice is perfect. And I damn sure I'm not perfect. I fall short often, but I really thank Kendrick. I thank um, Cole Kushner for the Dissect Podcast. I thank anybody that helped with To Pimp a Butterfly, that listened to it everybody that helped on dissect everything man and everybody's striving to be great um just know that it's a constant battle it's a day-to-day battle and the battle is in our head sometimes we win some sometimes we lose some but we you know live to fight another day shout out to pops friday rest in peace um but man let's just let's just live let's let music be the soundtrack to our lives and let music heal us and love us and uh, bring us together, make us laugh, make us cry, make us think, reflect. Um, shout out to Reggio says, man, Combat Jack really got me in the podcast. I met him a beautiful soul. Um, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Um, and shout out to everybody helping and getting their mental health right, because like I love myself. If we mentally ain't right, we all fall into shit. not everything will crumble around us. So let's all get right, man. Let's all stay positive. I really, really thank you if you listen to this whole podcast. I really, honestly and truly, from the bottom of my heart, this is one that it took me a while, and I've been through a lot. You know, this quarantine has taken a lot on me. All the killings of our black people, man, is really, really taking a toll on me. It really depressed me. This podcast took me about two weeks to make. Just from going in going out not even feeling like doing it sometimes like that album like hey sometimes you high you low it's just this album was just freeing for me to let me know most of all that it's okay to be in a constant state of progression not really finishing and meeting the goal but always working on the goal it's okay because we fall short sometimes man but um Man, it, it, I've been through a lot, man, you know, a lot of family and, you know, really bad situations happened in my life. Um, that I'm thankful for, you know, everything and everyone around me. I thank you for listening. Um, let's play a couple of my favorite stuff, you know, things while we go out. We play a little bit of Mortal Man and we just, you know, I'll play the last, you know, I played the last, last poem that Kendrick said in the beginning, but um I'm going to pay the poem that he's speaking to Tupac from. He's speaking to Tupac the whole time, but you got to really listen to the album to get it. But I'll play a little bit of the album, man, and just, you know, it kind of sequenced the songs and everything. But you really have to listen to Cole Kushner and the Dissect Podcast. You really have to listen to Pimper Butterfly. And I truly thank you for listening to this is recorded.
0: Mandela, hope my flow stay propelling. Let these words be your earth and moon You consume every message As I lead this army, make room for mistakes and depression And with that being said, my nigga, let me ask this question When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? When shit hit the fan When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? I remember you was conflicted Misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same. Abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers. Until I came home. But that didn't stop survivor's guilt. Going back and forth trying to convince myself the stripes I earned. Or maybe how A1 my foundation was. But while my loved ones was fighting a continuous war back in the city, I was entering a new one. A war that was based on apartheid and discrimination. Made me want to go back to the city and tell the homies what I learned. The word was respect. Just because you wore a different gang color than mine's doesn't mean I can't respect you as a black man. Forgetting all the pain and hurt we caused each other in these streets. If I respect you, we unify and stop the enemy from killing us. But I don't know. I'm no mortal man. Maybe I'm just another nigga.